Blog Talk Radio. There are many kings. King Henry VIII, King Solomon, King Tut, King James, King Kong. But there is only one prince. Ladies and gentlemen, the revolution. That ain't like Minnetonka. Don't get my feet on wet. Nobody digs your music but yourself. Man, I don't know. Life's a bitch. He's the only man that I've ever seen that lights a stage on fire, leaving you to burn within it in a frenzy of movement, lights, electric guitars, slides, pianos, dances, voices, splits, (laughs) and songs. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to get on your feet, and I want you to pay homage to the one and only Prince. So have you guys seen Prince live? No. No? No. Not being great, but uh... <laughs> Met your fans, and that's what we're talking about yeah. this episode. So, so we have Aubrey here, and we have Tommy, and this is Greg. Reifstech Revisits, of course. Reifstechrevisits.com. I have to keep spelling it for people. R-E-I-S-S-T-E-C-K. It's great to have a German last name. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's a unique name, so... Yeah. It's not like Smith Presents or anything. So. <laughs> you always stand out. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, my first my first experience with Prince was listening to the, at somebody's party. Okay. And hearing the MSR. And, and everybody all of a sudden started singing along, dance music, sex, romance. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, I'm from White Scout, Chicago. What the hell is, what is this? This is fantastic. Yes, kind of, yeah. I'm like, I'm like 14 yeah. at a party. And I'm like, God damn, what am I listening to? And, dude, it's 1999. And I'm like, oh, I know the song 1999. But right. he's like, dude, it's like this double album. And he like opens it up and there's an old band. And I'm just like, wow. Oh, they're like this. He's got this whole thing going. Holy crap! And he's like, dude. And he like played the whole album through, and <coughs> I, I, he was playing the whole album through. And I listened to the rest of the album. And I was like, shoot, this is a lot more than 1999. Right. This guy has a whole force to him. And and then Purple Rain came out, oh, and yeah. and that was it. And I went on a first date to see Purple Rain. I was 15. She was 17. Hi Jen. You might listen to this. And uh, she, uh, I invited her. I was the younger guy, 15, she's 17. And um, I'm wearing a Purple Rain shirt that I, I forget which, one of us is wearing a Purple Rain shirt that we like bought at the flea market. <laughs> like some recycled stuff. And it got a conversation going. And I'm like, hey, you want to go see the movie? Right. And she's like, she's she was a um, transfer from another school. Okay. A badass school. I went to Roosevelt and she went to Send High School, which was like land of badasses. <laughs> <laughs> she's like six feet tall and I'm like five eight. <laughs> I'm way swinging for the fences here. I'm pointing. I'm, I'm doing the Beirut point. <laughs> everything out there. And, open, and she's like, well, well, if you pay for everything, you buy me some nachos, you can go. Steal. Pay for my... Fair everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's how a date works. Yeah, okay, sounds great. It was like my first. Everything works. It was, it was like my first real high school date. You know, right. not like grammar school. Let's hang out. So we went to Purple Rain, and it was funny. So I buy her her nachos, and it's like a third of the way into the movie, 
and it was like embarrassing first date land because I, I it, it was the dark steps they had turned a the Lincoln Village Theater it was like a huge theater that right. they had turned into a three theater place and so you're walking up this damn uh, stairway yeah, thank you very much thank you so you're walking up this dark stairway from the you know lights in the lobby and I can't see a damn thing and sure enough I walk up walk up walk up and I'm halfway up the steps, trip, nachos, oh, all no. over the steps, all over the steps. She sees it, and I see her just rolling her eyes like, oh, God, this is what I'm with. Oh, man. So I, like, walk down. I tell the cleanup guy, you got a job to do, and I got to go get more nachos. And that, <laughs> But the movie turned out good. Oh, yeah. Right. I remember my first time staying for Boring, um, and I didn't stay home from school often. I was too much of a, a goody-goody that, so even, like, unless I was sick and dying, I wouldn't even stay home. So I remember I was sick enough that I was like, I, just, I can't go to school. It must have been, like, 13 or 14 years old or whatever, uh, middle school-ish, uh, early high school. Um, and I was laying on the couch, and I saw Purple Rain was coming on, and I was and I... I've always liked uh, soundtrack or music-based movies, so um, things like Yellow Submarine and Across the Universe, and so I was like, well, yeah, a Prince movie with his entire Purple Rain soundtrack, that's going to be something amazing to love, and more stays in it? Sure. Let's watch it, because fuck yeah, this is Prince. So I was watching throughout the entire thing and getting, you know, I feel like Prince opened up himself. You know, and for a, a, a very, uh, now we view him as such a Devo, where he just locks everybody out. I feel like that was his only opening for everybody to see what the life of Prince could have been. Yeah. And then he was just like, okay, that's it. Thank you. And I was like, that was awesome. Because I, I, I always, um, just the way that my mind works, I always associate sound with a picture and getting to actually physically view everything that he wanted you to see for these songs, I thought it was awesome. So, that was the first time I saw before it. I mean, the whole story behind that album is just crazy. I mean, it was recorded very quickly, and in marathon session, Susan Rogers did an interview in Rolling Stone talking about the making of the album and if you haven't read it it's just a great article and the, the interviewer did a great job in getting her to just you know she's like I'd get he, I'd get phone there'd be you know demos and then I'd get a phone call from him at 2 in the morning waking me up <laughs> alright we're off to, we're off to the studio to show up be ready to go he'd be there by 2.30 and he'd be he'd be standing there like turn the board on let's go He'd wake. He 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 apparently wasn't sleeping at the time. Right. He was just this album obsessed him. I mean, he had done for you, and he had done Dirty Mind. Uh, yeah, 1999, and I I mean after 1999, I think he knew. Right. He had to. He he, he tapped into. Right. The the zeitgeist, and he needed. To, he this was his one chance to hit the mainstream. Right. And he knew if he hit the mainstream, he'd be able to you know. He would solidify himself 
but then be able to do stuff like Around the World Today and right. whatever he wanted to do. Right. Make a black and white well, movie. Yeah, you know? I know, um, when, when I was watching the Grammys this, this past year, um, when Lady Gaga was doing the David Bowie tributes, rest in peace, David Bowie, mm-hmm. um, it, it, feel, it feels like Prince and David Bowie really were the odd men out in every league that they were in. And it just took that one thing for them to just go, oh yeah, people, we can, we can like them, they're not that weird. And I feel like for Purple Rain, that was for Prince, you know, where everyone's like, no, no, it's just some weird black kid that kind of does cool things sometimes. And then he had to go, no, really, I am cool. I'm not just some weird little kid, you know, like this is music that I make and mm-hmm. I've got a hand in everything. I mean, he has a hand in everything still. And, you know, I feel like that really broke, I think, his mold. I mean, with David Bowie and Prince have that that same attitude about life and makeup and costumes and, and music. And, and Yeah, exactly. And they, that's what they did. They made the weird sexy. And I feel like that is so cool because without them, you wouldn't get people like Lady Gaga who right. can make weirder sexy too. So, uh, I mean, Purple Rain was definitely David Bowie's uh, Let's, <laughs> Let's Dance right. album, where prolific, bubbling under, bubbling under, bubbling under, bubbling under. Who is this guy? You know, he's getting booed off the stage, opening up for Rolling Stones, and you know, he was just he was just, he was just bubbling, and he he knew. He, I, I think deep down he knew. Right. You know, this, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Who's to say? Right. He might have just been cutting a record. Right, just because he loved it. But, I mean, coming out with the movie and the whole event that it turned into, when you watch the stuff on the Purple Rain Blu-ray, just, it was lightning in a bottle. Yeah. That's, that's like him just being like a manic genius when it comes to music and those like yeah I think I've read before but if I'm not sleeping through that process yeah but he was just like just, everything was just streaming through his mind he was like just get it done right now it's in my head I gotta get it out yeah so like just like the, the type of effort that just went into that just because of what he had to get out it was insane and you know the, the way he songwrites for everybody too is insane but he has so many ideas you know with his, his contract of getting to just recruit people to bring him in you know like we get Horace Day in the time we get Sheila E we get you know yeah well at the, at the time that yeah that was the whole Minneapolis scene yeah so he yanked yanked you know the time you know was big then as well yeah. he brings them around and, and then he, of course he had you know Vanity Six he was at Vanity at the time, Vanity, God rest your soul, and uh, who he just lost recently, and, uh, well, the many women of Prince, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, the, he, 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 I mean, the man knew talent. Yeah. He'd find talent. Right. He was, he was, a, he was an amazing uh, scout for talent, so he had all these, it was, yeah, it was funny, because my girl, uh, the same girl, Jen, all of a sudden she'd be like, wow, he's got this band called The Family, and he's got this band Vanity Six, and then that turned into Apollonia Six when he got right. done with Vanity, and brings on Apollonia, and they end up in the movie, and right. and he just, he, he, he grabbed everybody in that community, it was like this artist community, and just 
it, it was it, it was like almost a hate Ashbury, you know, <laughs> Grateful Dead thing where you find these these groups of people are like the factory with a, uh, Andy Warhol. It was just a fusion that was supposed to work. Well, see, and it's for me, being a young girl, I mean, watching Purple Rain and seeing how many female uh, artists he has in his band was mm-hmm. so cool for me because, you know, I, I mean, because I grew up with, you know, listening to music from my dad, you know, Led Zeppelin and Van Halen and, you know, Pink Floyd, bands that are solely male-dominated. You know, that's, I mean, unfortunately, it's a male-dominated industry. I mean, until you get people like Blondie and Hart, when they're like, yeah, girls can rock too, and you get Joan Jett and the Black Hearts and everybody like that. But Prince is like, talent is talent. I don't care if you're a dude or a girl or a whatever you are, because that's what Prince is, is whatever you are, right? Um, so... The fact that he has so many female artists, he's like, yeah, they're bad. Okay, they, they play. That's that's all I need. Can you kill it on the drums? Can you kill it on the bass? Can you kill it on the guitar? Okay, cool, you're in, because that's all I need. I don't need you to be a man or a woman. I just need you to fucking love your instrument yeah. and just make it do what it's got to do. And for me, that I thought that was so cool, because it didn't matter. If, if you if you loved your sound, that's all that that yeah. that meant. But it wasn't like a gimmick. It wasn't like a gimmick thing where it's like, oh, we got to find girls to play because it's you know giving off sexy music. Right. It's like no, they're really talented. Well, no, because there was there, 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 there was a difference. I was just about to bring <laughs> yeah. this up because I was making sure you were going down <laughs> the right path there. Right. Wait, there were the women of Prince that he slept with and right. made cast in his movies, made his background singers, whatever the hell the vanity right. is. And, you know, Apollonia 6 always cracks me up, you know, women women, women in teddies singing I'm a sex shooter. Right. And it's just like, and the funniest line in Purple Rain is, you know, I, I, I need sexy, but I don't need, you know, you know nasty. Right. Like, there's a difference. Yeah. And, there's a, and, and there was. Yeah. And there was. It was, it was. It was. I don't need. You know, the manager. Just, I don't need nasty. Right. You know, I need. I need sexy. Right. You know, there's. A, there's this line, and yeah. So Prince created I, he, that, the band, the family. Right. It was um, Wendy Mavoin's sister, Susan Mavoin, was in that band. I, yeah. He. He was. He, he didn't look at it as men or women when it came to musicianship. Right. And what blew my mind was uh, the fact that. Um, yeah. What blew my mind was that, uh, looking back, I was pretty young, you know, I was very young when I'm watching them, so they seemed older to me, but, I mean, Wendy was like 17, right. Lisa was like 18 when they right. joined the band, and right. they were just so young, and when I was reading about the history of Purple Rain, it's like, they were went way over their head, they didn't right. know what, I mean... And, but they were just taken along on this ride. Right. And when I went to go see Prince play at, uh, uh, when he did the shows at the Forum three, four years ago, I mean, there were rumors that maybe he's trying to get the revolution back together. Maybe Wendy and Lisa show up. Right. Maybe we have other band members show up, and it never happened. But I, I post on my Facebook, I'm like, the revolution was the greatest backing band in the history of rock. Hand down. Yeah. Just he, that the, that band was ferocious. I mean, to cultivate that talent is almost like putting a super, you know, human team together. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to travel the world 
to find the kind of people yeah. that you need to fill those spots. And like, I mean, they were young and untested. Right. And he just knew. He just like, boom, boom, you, 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 and you. Right. And uh, some of them were, back, you know, um, I played on 1999, but he right. just like filled it out. And he knew he wanted the look he wanted, and he knew he wanted the sound that he wanted, and yeah, I was, yeah. So tell me, what was your ex- first exposure? Uh, first was 1999. Yeah, my favorite song, was, uh, Little Red Corvette. Like, yeah. Like, my mom's a huge Prince fan, so I just remember always listening to that as a kid. And then, yeah, definitely watching Purple Rain. I was pretty young. I was probably like five or six when I first saw it. Yeah. yeah. So like that was that was always just like a staple of like any time it was on, I would always watch it. It'd always be playing somewhere. I had the VHS. I think we wore that out. You learned a lot, Tommy. Yeah. So, yeah. so that that was my first introduction. Like I think my mom grew up with them. You know, because this late '80s. So she was huge into that. So during the early '90s, she was still blasting that, and that yeah, Prince will always be just like that one staple of just a variety of sounds. That like, that's what I gotta pick up on here for for any you know any good pop music anyway, any funk, anything like that. And especially watching uh, uh, Purple Rain and getting introduced to the time, and mm-hmm. now I love Moore's Day and. So, yeah, the, yeah, so I've been listening to them for as long as I can remember. Now, so. Tommy, you're a drummer. I want to know your opinion on, I mean, uh, what's, <laughs> what, what's so unique about his early sound and it carried on in uh, other albums is the very unique percussion, electronic yeah, style it, percussion it, it, sound. It almost like, didn't matter what he made it sound like. like. Like you said, there's always this vision in his head of what musical direction he's going in. So it could be any like any type of electronic pad that he's using, any kind of acoustic pad or Latin percussion or anything. Anything that fit his music, it fits for a specific reason and it's yeah, I love following just like his journey into finding different sounds and playing with them. Yeah. But I mean back in the eighties he had that really unique like electronic sounding uh, what, what kind of pad did you say it was? Uh, just like an electronic pad, so like yeah. pads. He was yeah. very into that, especially in the 80s. And yeah, going into the early how 90s. early that was that he, he found that. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he revolutionized that for most of like electronic yeah. pop. You'd band. listen to any of the artists in his staple, and they all had that same percussion sound. Yeah. And you'd go, oh shit. Prince producing this? Yeah. yeah, it's Andre Simone. Yeah, Prince has something to do with this. Okay, or this is the time, or this is the family, or this is some other one one album protege band that he decided to jettison. Yeah, you always you, you you find out like anything that you listen to like that, you're like, oh, that kind of sounds like Prince. Oh, that's because Prince has some kind of thing <laughs> yeah. yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, it was a unique sound. So, did you guys, I, you know, after that, you know, we couldn't, an album came out. So right after that was Around the World in the Day, and that was, you know, it wasn't like anti-Triple Rain, but it wasn't the the popular choice, and it was just like I say about all artists, okay, that's your time to make the album you want to make, Right. and I mean, it had songs like Tambourine, Around the World in the Day, but we got Paisley Park out of it, and we got Raspberry Beret out of it. Right. And I remember seeing the Raspberry Beret video on MTV for the first time. And I was like, it, as, as you always say, Aubrey, songs that tell a story. Right. That song told a story. Yeah. He, 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 he put that out, and around the same time, uh, um, 
he always would tell a story in every one of his damn songs, going back to Purple Rain for a minute, um, my favorite Prince song of all time, and will always be, and he's never going to beat it, is 17 Days. It was so unique in the fact that the guy, everybody knows the guy has thousands of songs in his vault. Right. He wakes up and he spits, uh, there are people that are as close to him, they go, he wakes up and he spits out four to ten songs a day. He just as good as he can. He just spits them out. So 17 Days was the B-side to Let's Go Crazy. And I was, I remember flipping it over and I'm like, oh, no, it doesn't. And, you know, sometimes you find some gold every oh, once in a while right. on the B side of a 45. But, I mean, the singles were, the 12-inch singles are big back then, so it's not, you, you get done listening to the 12-inch mix of Let's Go Crazy, which is awesome. You get the full version from the movie with the whole right. middle bridge. <laughs> and then I flip it over and I turn it on, I'm like, wow. And it told this story to me. And, like, Raspberry Beret was the continuation of that. Wasn't as good. Still, in my like, it's on my top five. top five. All the songs where he like tells these weird stories about being with some chick, right? And you know, <laughs> darling yeah. Nikki. Uh, it's a yeah. weird song about being with some chick. Uh, he he wrote the ultimate anti-Christmas song, another lonely Christmas. Yeah. Was another B-side, you yeah. know. I was with this girl and she died and she fell in the pool and she died and I, now I think about her and I drink banana daiquiris until I go blind trying to forget her and I still can't forget her this girl. You know? Right. <laughs> it's Prince. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Like, he just writes whatever he wants. Especially lyrically. Like, I mean, he speaks... He, all, yeah. all his stuff was obviously autobiographical and embellished, I'm sure, to only a minor extent. Yeah, I mean, just to make it... You know, hole. But even then, you gotta realize like, how many holes did he have to fill, really? Right. It's an like, incredible life that he's lived. And yeah. Not, not bad for a guy that, you know, I'm up, you know high feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> big, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about that from a woman's point of view, Aubrey. I mean, this guy is like short, spitfire guy. I mean, from a woman's point of view, I mean, what makes him sexy? Um, well, for me, sexy comes from attitude, and Prince is full of it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, but the thing is, he just exudes, he knows what he wants, and either you're going to be down for it or you're not, and I guess fortunately for him, there were enough women who were down for it, you know, it didn't matter that he was five foot nothing, and he had, you know, outlandish clothes, and, you know, wearing the net scarves, and, you know, the high heels, I mean... He just, he knew what he wanted. But then I guess, I mean, just from watching the movie, he grew up in a hard-enough environment with his father that there, there had to be some kind of man deep down in that five-foot body that, you know, wasn't going to take no shit anyway. You know, so it was like, he, he was able to balance his weird and his tough. And I think that's, because there's, there's all this always going to be a, a mystery side to Prince and he mm-hmm. exemplifies that now even more than ever when he's scheduled for a show and you know even if it's just an appearance and he doesn't show up till 30 seconds before he has to be on stage and he dips the second he goes I mean he I think that that mystery like can I get to know this guy that that's he had to have that going on the entire time and that's probably what drew women in they're like can I can I crack this can I get inside? Can I know what's going on? And only if you got to. I mean, Apollonia got it the, the longest of, of everyone. I mean, they have a kid together. So, I mean, there's something there. And 
I, I, it's got to be that mysterious thing. I mean, you think he's just some random nerdy guy with, you know, guitars and stuff. But he's hard, too, and I feel like that, that gives him that edge over just that regular round-of-the-mill ba- uh, bad guy, you know? I, I, I mean, and that was interesting. You know, women were turned on by him. I mean, the guy is, like, next to Bowie, is the most prolific, smartest artist out there. Um, even though, he, I, I call him, you know, mad, mad geniuses. I yeah, mean, definitely. The guy, the guy, the guy, he's a son of a bitch. Yeah. Right. He treats the people around him, he's a son of a bitch. Right. But that's why he's a mad genius. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't give him credence to, to get away with that. Right. But, as you said, attitude. You need right. to, you unfortunately need to keep pulling that off when you're when you have a Napoleon complex yeah when you uh, but I was like this guy on his first album recorded all his own right. instruments yeah. puts this thing together I go back and listen to that I'm like shit right gets his own gets a damn recording contract and then just manages each time to just like keep pushing up pushing up pushing up and then I mean when it was like Purple Rain and 1999 and even albums after that, from a guy's point of view, Tommy, I think you're going to agree with me. I mean, you listen to him, it made you feel like a badass. Yeah. You felt like yeah. a fucking badass. It, was, it, was, it wasn't necessarily the music that you think would make you feel that way, mm-hmm. but he did. Like, exactly. Like, just the attitude that he exudes in everything that he does. Yeah. I played, pr- I, 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 I dated, I dated girls in high school, and, you know, you get in your car, and you're junior, senior, and put on Prince, they're like, oh, you like listening to Prince, huh? Right. And then they do that whole kind of like, well, he must be in touch with his feminine side, too, okay. Right. You know, that's probably what Prince it was. does that whole androgynous, they're like, hey, right. he's comfortable listening to this. Right. You know, okay, okay, he's a little out there. He's right. a, He's a wild card. <laughs> and they gave you a little bit of, I mean, he, it gave him a cachet, and when you were a guy in the 80s, it gave you a big cachet listening to him. If you had right. him in your record collection, <laughs> I, women were turned on by yeah. that fact. They really were. <laughs> well, it's interesting, him, uh, what you just said about him being uh, a genius. And I feel like maybe that's why we don't understand why he can only show up 30 seconds before any show he does. You know, um, a role I can relate to you is uh, Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory where he's just too smart to function in a, a normal social environment. Yeah. Prince has to have that, right? Where he's, got he's, he's just too great to function in a normal social environment. So he he gives himself a limited amount of time to to deal with us lesser beings, you know, that just <laughs> right. don't understand the greatness that is in his head. You know, there's got to be something in there that just makes him tick. And if we don't get that tick, we'll just be turned off by it. Right. And he's made such a, a great name for himself, right? I mean, he is that or sex symbol. icon, that or symbol. symbol, right? And we'll get into that in a minute because the man has not had a perfect career. Right. But it, but maybe if we're around him too too long, we won't we won't get it any longer, and we just have to get enough. So just the music is all we need. We don't need to spend too much time around it. Which by the way, you don't hear or see him ever, we just wouldn't understand it if we didn't get it musically, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And to be so recluse, too, for his entire career, mm-hmm. of, like, like, it's so hard to try to find 
much about him because well, he's just one of those geniuses where I mean, he puts out the pur- uh, Purple Rain movie, you know, autobiographical, and yeah. Otherwise, I mean, he backs that up with, and it's funny. Want to get into a little bit of the nostalgia here? You have Under the Cherry Moon, which is the follow-up, and he's he's uh he uh has the uh brings out you know I have the I have the weight. I would never got this black and white movie. You know, it's this love story, and I'm going to get it made then, and I mean, I I still have video of, on MTV, they have all the announcements, they're like, he's doing this movie, and for the premiere of the movie, they had this contest, and everybody sends in postcards or however the hell they did it, and like, oh yeah, I, just, I think you had to send in a video, you know, Prince, please come to my town, and blah, 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 and it ends up being in some Hicksville town. <laughs> And the footage is somewhere on... It's insane. I have it on video, on VHS. And he played some podunk place and literally is like playing like a banquet hall. <laughs> like some hotel. I know, I know It was a contractual <laughs> obligation. And right. he's like, you know, he's weird. He's like, fuck it, I'll do it. Whatever. Sounds great. Yeah. And so they have the premiere of the movie in this funky little town and of course they're all like hell we got Prince here it is fucking great (laughs) he's got that purple rain (laughs) and then unfortunately you have to sit through this movie that the first time you see you know this is his own private joke yeah only he can understand this but he discovered he has Helena Bottom Carter you know in the movie and Julia Binoche and you know all these up and coming actresses and it takes place in the French Riviera and it's him and you know um, Jerome running around. He's Christopher Tracy and falling in love. So, I mean, he had his ups and downs. There are, um, there are a lot of Prince fans that love that movie. And right. it gave us the Parade album, which, yeah, great, great album, weird movie. Uh, he directed the movie himself. Um, so, I mean, you have that, that, that valley. I mean, and then, uh, yeah, we, he he had out you know his his um he had a few more albums, but then I mean, Warner Brothers got you know he had the record contract to fulfill, and then he got pissed because of the deal he was getting, and then of course did the whole I'm a slave, the symbol, and uh, and we we got the whole you know androgyny symbol. And, I mean, it was a low point in his career yeah. in the fact that there were diehards like us, but he couldn't get anything out to the masses. Right. And then he put out these albums of half-assed stuff because he's like, I ain't going to put that on the Warner Brothers label. Why should I give him my best stuff? Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, we got, we got the album that had seven. We got the symbol album. That was good. And I saw him on that tour. We did get Love Sexy in there, thank goodness. Yeah. I right. saw I saw the Love Sexy tour at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, where and you said a VHS. It's, he he. It was a, a concert in the round, and okay. it was him and Sheila E. and a bunch of them. And he had a car that would go around the entire stage, and they're standing on top of the car, and they're playing, and him and Sheila E. are standing on top of the car, and they're going around in a circle, and you were just like. This came to my town. I was right. in Chicago. I was like, this is, this is like the circus. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is the best. Unfortunately, I missed the Purple Rain tour. Like, it was expensive at the time. Right. I didn't have a gig. 
So I got to see Love Sexy, I got to see uh, the Seven uh, uh, Symbol Tour, and uh, then I got to see him, thank goodness, uh, uh, at the uh, at the forum shows here. He did came to L.A., did 21 shows, I went to eight of them. Wow. And he would have this weird structure, it was, it was Wednesday nights, he played the first Wednesday night and played for five hours. Wow. And played till two in the morning. And seeing those shows was amazing because it's a venue that was barely being used, and he was way into he was way into the community of uh, you know Inglewood down there, and he's like you know I can save this place. I'm gonna do all these damn shows here. And I when I first heard about the shows didn't know he was doing twenty five dollar tickets, and I spent two hundred dollars to get like a ticket. Right. And it's like a complete rube. <laughs> that was a good seat but it was about halfway up and then he does I'm like $25 tickets and because they were $25 they were selling for 50 on StubHub right so me and this guy at work would get obsessed we'd hear the show would go on sale we'd buy the tickets we'd go so we went to the opening night that was Wednesday night stayed the five hours and if you went on a Wednesday or a Thursday it was like rarities night. Right. Or the one Thursday, he came out and he had the like some local uh, choir from uh, Inglewood, and he had taught them a song over like two days. And one of them said afterwards, "We had 48 hours to learn that song. We hope you liked it." And he like taught him this whole choral arrangement. Said, "You're gonna do it this way." He comes out, and that's the opening song. Is like this brand new song. Wow. And it was like rarities night. It was like, oh, you're going to hear this, you're going to hear all the B-sides from, you know, Purple Rain. You're like, damn. And then Friday and Saturday nights, he kept the popular music because right. everybody's going to get off work and come. Yeah. But, I mean, just watching that, you realize the breadth of his career and just how, how, how the man, the man's been prolific. He's in the Hall of Fame. And um, did you guys watch the Super Bowl where he played? Yeah. I want to know your impressions of that because before I came here, it's hard to find a, a copy of it. But the NFL actually has this uh, um, report where the um, you know it's pouring rain. My Chicago my Chicago Bears were in the Super Bowl, and I'd gone back to Chicago to watch it with friends. And like Prince is playing, like this is the ultimate for me. My Bears are in the Super Bowl, and it's Prince and. And we hear it's pouring rain, and we're like, what the, you know, this is going to be a nightmare. So before I tell you the what he said and the story behind it, what, what, what were your impressions of uh, the Super Bowl performance? I thought it was amazing, because like, that was my first ever live beat of Prince. Really? Before. Okay. So, just, like, just watching that was amazing. And especially, like, everyone's getting bummed, like, oh, it's pouring rain. Mm-hmm. There's no, they're going to find some way to be like, oh, sorry. They're not going to do it. And he says, nah, screw it. We're doing this. Mm-hmm. And he goes out. puts on killer show. And, yeah, then I, re- I heard afterwards that he got electrocuted from the, it was either his mic stand or his guitar. Slightly. Yeah, slightly. slightly yeah. Yeah. But he's like, ah, whatever. What's going on? Thank yeah. You. Yeah. But, yeah. That was- and then Jemima saying <laughs> yeah. the headband? Yeah, the headband. He's worn the headband yeah. before, though. Well, yeah, right. He likes his headband. <laughs> well, that's how you keep your hair up. I'm, I'm sure you had a different hairdo oh, yeah. in right. mine oh, before. Yeah. I know it's raining. Buckets of rain <laughs> are going to 
flight out on me. He wasn't worried about his hair at that point. Well, it's just like little, uh, little Richie kind of thing going for you, right? Just wrap up your hair yeah. real quick. You got to keep that perm going. <laughs> um, well, for me, uh, football has always been big, so we, we always watch, you know, games upon games. But then watching a Super Bowl game where you get to see something. Well, see, you know, for me... Somebody who has been known to just, like I was saying, to show up 30 seconds before before an event and uh, like one of Kanye's lines uh, from that Stronger, Better, Faster song where he's like, you should be grateful that I even show up to, you know, mm-hmm. fake shit. But that works for, that, that can work for Prince. Uh, for me, it doesn't work for Kanye. Uh, he can show up. <laughs> I love it. I'm not a big, I'm from Chicago, and right. Kanye, your first album was good, but what have you done for me lately? Yeah, uh, so I'm just thinking, like, for Prince, that could work. If he didn't want to do that Super Bowl because of the rain, people would have been like, yeah, well, it's raining, so we totally understand. We, we get you, dude. Like, that's cool. I mean, you only show up 30 seconds before appearances anyway. And he's like, fuck this, rain? We're going to do it anyway. People are out here sitting in the in the stands. Mm-hmm. They're watching the game, so they're gonna watch me too. I, I feel like that that it's gotta set the bar for people and so when you hear about you know, stars who back out over the most insignificant reasons and you're like, Yeah Axel Rose <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Yeah, but when you hear about stars backing out over the most insignificant reasons and then you're like, Yeah, but the Prince played during the Super Bowl, in the pouring rain, mm-hmm. like that's gotta mean something, right? Yeah, like, like a champ, right. like a champ. So, I don't know if you've seen it. I'll show you guys after okay. we do this. Uh, I I was just looking for footage of it for inspiration, and I was like, they they had the production coordinator guy, you know, the guy that produced the show, and he's like, we wake up. And, you know, like, don't worry, you know, it hasn't, there's been 40, you know, 40 years of Super Bowls. It's never rained. It's Miami. It's sunny. That's why we <laughs> oh, yeah. scheduled it here. Right. And it's, like, not just raining, it's pouring buckets. And That's Florida for you. <laughs> well, and it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop for the game. And he's, like, I call, and I get Prince personally on the phone, and he goes, well, Prince, it's pouring down rain. And he said, the first thing he said, you hear that, the first thing he says back, he goes, can you make it rain harder? <laughs> Can you make it rain? That was his attitude. Was like, no, no. This is a sign. This right. is a sign. And he and he bring critics on, and it's so true. It, it, watching it, you knew it. You're like, I, he's using this to his advantage. Yeah. Right. His song, his signature song is "Purple, Purple Rain. rain. It's, it's like, the rain. Like, yeah, you can't yeah, top that, like, right? Come they're talking about any more perfect. Yeah, yeah, and that's why <laughs> he played it, and you know, he played a bunch of covers. Right. And he ma- he makes the Foo Fighters happy for right. the rest of their lives. Oh, the yeah. fact that uh, at a, at, he's playing in front of millions of people, and he honors them by playing one of his songs. I remember Dave Grohl on Facebook afterwards like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, we were not told. No, no. <laughs> and they were like, did he, did he, Prince doesn't need to ask for permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave Grohl. Why, why, why would he need to ask permission? Like, like, why would I be honored to play my song? I was like, dude, Prince doesn't need to ask for permission from me. Yeah. He's Prince. He can sing whatever the fuck he, he wants of us. Pick anything in the catalog. <laughs> And he, you know, he pulls it off. He's got the twins out there, and they're dancing their ass off. And he's talking about, he's like, yeah, we were worried. 
He's like, he has four live electric guitars right. that he wanted to use, four different guitars, pouring rain. He's in, you know, heels. He goes, the surface was supposed to be for dry weather. He goes, and the crew's walking around trying to do stuff, and they're sliding all over the place. Right. And the twins are out there, and they need to dance in nine-inch heels. Right. And it they're... It out. Yeah. That was, it, was, it was like... We're either gonna fall on our ass like <laughs> Katy Perry, or we're gonna uh, who knows Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce yeah. start, like Beyonce, right. or we're gonna fall it out. She also and recovered it. So. Right. Yeah, she did. She, she landed the dismount. Right. She did all right. So, I wonder, do you think um, Prince's electrocution has any reason as to why? Um, Everything's uh, back in check. What Flea and everybody they they weren't actually allowed to be plugged in and play. Well, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't until. Not too recently, where they started like all oh, well, we're on restrictions of timing, so we have to. Right. No, I don't think it had to do with that. It I think that. It's it, it, Jackson stuff. It, 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 the unrecording thing went all the way back to Whitney Houston. There was the whole scandal with that, is she sang um, uh, the national anthem, and uh, or they start saying or whatever, and she was recorded. Yeah. It's to me, it's I think you're dealing with the sound in the stadium how the acoustics are. Right. A lot of artists do it for a lot of different reasons. Right. And, I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I mean, it might have been the stadium, they might have gotten out there and said, this sounds like complete shit. Yeah. Right. Run the, run the, there's a lot of factors in it. It's yeah. not just, oh, we just want to record it. You need, everybody fun. always asks why they have a recorded track. They've run through their set and they have to have that as a backup. What right. if you are about to walk up there and they say, Sounds out, you know. It's uh, the instruments are out. Yeah. The right. Instruments are out. What you're gonna tell millions of people that are watching at home? Right. The instruments nah, are out. There's, yeah. Well, there's no halftime show. No. Yeah. There's, yeah, exactly. there's unfortunately a uh, well, there's fortunate, unfortunate audience that looks forward to the halftime show right. and they want to see their favorite people. That's, that's the reason most people even watch it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's people like me that matters which artist is runs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, to me, that was the culmination of you had Purple Rain, as you said, that was the you know mainstream right. lightning bolt, and then you know he had his down part of his career, and then the fact that he is one of the edgier artists that and that hasn't probably ever will play a Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're never gonna. They're never gonna go edgy. Uh, uh, ever again it's why that's why they picked Coldplay for well, even, even if they're, <laughs> like, like, they're still going to try to dumb them down right well the slap in the face this year right. was the fact that Metallica played the quote unquote night before, before. right no it's the 50th super, why the right. hell don't you just have Metallica play right why, yeah. why did it have to be Coldplay make them, make them, make them you, you, yes you're the NFL you'll force them to play whatever songs right. you're going to play right they, they have Five songs in their repertoire yeah. that aren't going to scare a five-year-old. Yeah, that was, right. that was really cool. Them out there. I watched that. It was actually pretty good. Oh, they I'm destroyed. I'm not a huge Metallica fan, but they, it, they destroyed it. They amazing. killed. And, and, they, and the good thing that James said is like, yeah. Okay, so apparently the NFL didn't want us, but then again, it's kind of a good thing because you only could have gotten us like five songs then. We're going to play a whole shitload of songs tonight. Yeah. So it's actually a win-win. So. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but something, especially when you're doing it in a historical place. Brand new stadium, mm-hmm. historical time. You wouldn't try to put any sort of thought into that. It's now it's just 
Well, how are we going to get the most viewers? Okay, let's yeah. bring back Bruno Mars again. Let's bring back and, and that's, Beyonce and that's again. You, you, you obviously knew that Coldplay couldn't hold it on their own. Right. So, like, so we're also bringing these other two people. And who had done killer, the Super Bowl. Yeah, who had killer? Yeah, yeah the, great, the, the greatest hits of the last five years. Yeah. Right. It was, yeah. I thought it was a joke. It was nicely done, but I thought it was a huge well, it was, it was a joke. Yeah. Well, it was it was funny because you had ESPN doing their they had some special in the top fifty uh, halftime shows of all time, <laughs> and Prince was of course number one. Right. And Michael Jackson. Like, <laughs> all you It was Michael Jackson was number two, and Prince number one. It's debatable. Well, it's debatable. Three because the, that nip slip is pretty talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure about like, the concert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Both influential nip slip Yeah. <laughs> And then New Kids on the Block number four. There you go. <laughs> oh, new Kids on the Block. <laughs> the, the Disney background. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Because <laughs> it's a small world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, so Prince, Prince is still going strong. Got you know inducted into the Hall of Fame and uh, and now he's playing these shows that are really unique and I want to catch one even though they're high top dollar value he's doing um, it, it's like he did all that touring and he played all those shows and he had the hit and run tour where he was playing Atlanta he likes Atlanta he likes Oakland he has his fan base in Toronto he always plays somewhere in Canada and now he's doing Prince and you know it's uh, Prince and a Microphone and a Piano Piano and I really want to go see this tour because he, he just, he, like you said, artists that are able right. to get up there five minutes before. I mean, the man has his set list in his head. Right. And you can, and there can be the printed set list. Right. And you look at each like, of I wonder them. how much he actually needs yeah. to perform. Right. Does he need any kind of cues? Does he need set list? Or is he just like, I already know what's going on. Right. I think he gives yeah. a, a, from what I already <laughs> gives a, a pseudo set list. And it's like he doesn't want to look like an ass up there, so he's got other songs. You know, yeah. these songs are at the ready, but he has been improvising a lot right. at these shows, like throwing out Bowie songs out of nowhere because he knows he's a kindred spirit with him. Right. The oddball in the room. Uh, he, you know, he's been he's just playing. Wouldn't you know, it be cool to see them do a song together? Sorry, I just, I just uh, think of. of Great, was already great. My head, Freddie Mercury. Been, my right? head like, just exploded. Right? Like, just, oh yeah, we're Freddie Mercury. Can you imagine getting the three of them, the oddest of the odd, together, but the most musically talented people on the planet, and you're just like, hey, you three, make something weird, please, mm-hmm. just for all of us. For, and that's probably why they did, because we wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah, it would just or blow mind. our weird minds <laughs> All our minds are ready to handle it. Well, I mean, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. There right. was the song, um, uh, there was the collaboration on uh, Madonna's album, which is oh, right. the Prince Madonna right. collaboration, which everybody was like, it's Prince and Madonna. This can't suck. Yeah. Oh, shit, it uh, does. Yeah, it does suck. I have a feeling Madonna's personality didn't mesh with Prince, and he just no. threw the song at her and went, you got, you got one huge diva with another huge yeah, diva. Yeah, you go do it. You go do it. You, you go just for cut the... I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm letting this one go to you. You know, but then you... Yeah, but they're so musically different, though. Madonna and Prince, like, I bet everybody thought that it would be okay because Madonna, she Mm -hmm. made all those hits, but she was so mainstream, and Prince was so not, not until Purple Rain. And then even after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just Purple Rain. Yeah, like, that got you introduced, and then... uh Madonna was always big as long as she was Madonna, so I feel like they never were supposed to mesh, but somebody 
like David Bowie, who was never mainstream, just like Prince was never, you know, until those those few defining moments. Mm-hmm. Had they meshed? Because I think musically they were on the same hemisphere, the same planet, even, you know, and none of us would have comprehended what they would have been able to sit down in moments and come up with something great. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, people thought Madonna and Prince could make something great, but, you know, Madonna's. It, it would Madonna, have been awesome so. and it would have been like one take. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, any, any more thoughts on uh, let's, let's wrap this sucker up? Yeah, so my only thought for loving Prince as much as I do. I can no longer stand to hear Let's Go Crazy. I worked at Six Flags for an entire summer <laughs> as a character, and that was the song that we had to what dance to. What character did you play? Uh, Petunia. You can also find that on YouTube. Ah, uh, I love it. It is amazing. Porky. It depends on which okay. night of the week it was, um, but I'm either Petunia or Porky in the, the YouTube videos. And if you find this it, is at Magic Mountain. At Magic yeah. Mountain. Magic and Mountain here in L.A. Yeah, we're dancing to Let's Go Crazy. So all I can picture is uh, Frit and Frat, our musical coordinators, going, okay, and up, and up, and down, and two, and four. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, uh, I, play, I, I play that song just to get her mad. Now. Right. I just, I mean, what a song to get ruined yeah. for you. That's right? a big bummer, man. And not ruined. Oh, I just, I just, oh. Now I just get super hot it just, and just, sweaty it just and fucking in by those, those quirky and petunia costumes, but uh, that's the only song, and, and, it, and it's not because I didn't like it, I mean, I was able to, uh, because uh, once the, the choreographers, Fritz and Fat, uh, left, we did we weren't left with any music to practice to, mm-hmm. and I had Prince all over my computer, so I was like, okay, well, I'll build us, um, you know, a six-plank work-approved set list, <laughs> I'll put this song on it so we can practice the dance moves. I mean, so I I have the songs. I was able to build a CD for it, but it was just the fact that I had to listen to it on repeat from uh, what Days spring yeah. break till August. Wow. You know, and I was and it it's just like I love Prince, so I will eventually be able to listen to the song again without feeling the sweat <laughs> and the claustrophobia. But, in, give it but, time. but until then, time. that's the only song that. I, I still have I have to skip it even if I hear it on the radio I, I will get back to it but Imagine. I mean if you hear the same one song and, this, and the thing is it's like I was like oh shit when we first started I'm like this is amazing I get to dance to a Prince song is one of my first like debut you know dancing mm-hmm. like oh like this is so fucking cool uh, people yeah. are going to post this all on YouTube that would be awesome and you know a month into it, you're like, I am really tired of hearing the same song <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah. But. Thank you for sharing that. That was a very brave of you. Yeah. <laughs> Painful flashback. <laughs> Love him. Never going to stop loving him. Right. But that song, I, I got to build back up to loving that one again. Yeah. <laughs> my only my only Prince trauma was spilling the nachos. Yeah. That was my Prince trauma. Have you had any Prince trauma, Tom? Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, no. It's always been good. Uh-huh. Any last thoughts, Tommy? Uh, just excited to see if he's got anything else. I want to I, I'm, I wanna know, if, I, if Prince, you're never going to listen to this. <laughs> oh, damn do. it, just... <laughs> Bring, 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 bring your damn piano tour here and at least have some bleed seats that are reasonably priced so uh, Aubrey, Tommy, and I can come see you 
you and a piano and just, you know, let it all hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, Hope you enjoyed uh, the Prince uh, worship here, and thanks for listening. We'll uh, talk to you next time. RiceTechRevisits.com. Good night.